Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, episode 39. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello, and a super warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. And as always, I am your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. I hope you've had a great week and it's been super productive After my last week's episode, it was all about kind of driving forward and trying to take action. So I'm really interested to hear from some of you who have mentioned the sorts of things that you've done to drive your business forward. Super excited about that. And if you haven't yet let me know, then please come and find me. I'm mostly around Instagram a lot, but on all the platforms and come and connect and tell me how you're getting on and what your big, amazing plans are for the rest of the year. Today's episode, I am interviewing the super lovely Tyler J. McCall. Now, if you've not heard of him, he is an Instagram and social media marketing strategist coach for creatives and online business owners. He teaches students how to use Instagram with intention to grow their community online and grow their business. Tyler focuses on using Instagram and social media to tell stories, build relationships, and convert followers to fans. Drawing from his 10 years experience in nonprofit marketing and management of a community organization, he's taught thousands of entrepreneurs and managed dozens of Instagram accounts since getting into the online marketing game back in 2015. Tyler is based over in Chicago and lives with his partner, Eric. And today's episode is a really good one. We had such a great chat. He has a great story to tell. Some really big things happened in his life and quite sad things that made him reassess where he was with his business. And overnight, he fired all his clients. Now, as I have a business or part of the business that has clients, boy, could I understand how terrifying that would be. But anyway, 
His story is so good. He fired his clients and he started the online membership that he now has today. And how his business has grown has been phenomenal. He also then shared with us some great tips about Instagram. He walked us through why he thinks businesses should look at it. So if you're not on it or you're not using it for business, then definitely take a listen to this one because I think he'll change your mind. He then talked about how he uses his Instagram, how he gets more followers. That was a really good conversation because followers is something that people always struggle with. So he gave us some great tips about how to get more followers. And then he talked about how he uses Instagram stories, which again has been some different conversations to the ones I've had in the past. So some really, really good advice and story from such a nice guy today. So I'm really hoping you're going to enjoy this one. And what I want you to do is once you've listened to it, I want you to do an Insta story because I want to see that you're putting this stuff into practice and make sure that you tag both myself and Tyler J. McCallin and basically tell us what you thought and tell us what you liked about it. We'd love to hear. Anyway, I'm not going to go on any longer. I'm going to jump straight in. And here's the interview with Tyler J. McCall. I am so excited and have the absolute pleasure of introducing Tyler to this week's episode of the podcast. Welcome, Tyler. Oh my gosh, Teresa, thank you for having me. Oh no, thank you so much for joining me. This is like a really apt time to have you on because we've just been chatting before we came on saying that I've just been out to the States to do business by design and you were a business by design student and that's how I found out about you. So it's really exciting that all this has kind of happened at this point. It's great. I love it. Tyler, I've been following you on Instagram. I love watching your Insta stories. They're very entertaining. And I have recently had the pleasure of listening to your story and how you got to where you are today, which is a phenomenal story. And for the likes of us who are maybe not right at the start of our journey, but working towards trying to get somewhere amazing, you are like a great example of what's to come. So I'd love it if you could share with my audience just a bit about how you got started and then how you got to where you are today. Yeah, of course. Um, So I got my start after college in the nonprofit world. Um, That was the thing that I studied in school. That's the thing I wanted to do. Um, So I went to work in the YMCA right after college. And the YMCA is kind of different all over the world here in the States. The YMCA is typically gym and swim, childcare, those types of organizations. So that's what I did right after college. I went to work for the YMCA, managing an office, ordering support toner for the copier and <laughs> making sure we had enough staples and stuff. The important, um, the important things, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but over time in the YMCA, I was able to work my way up and us working in the membership world and started doing more marketing and running the Facebook page for this thing or helping out with Twitter here. And eventually, uh, so I spent about six years in the YMCA in the membership and marketing and operations world. Um, all my time there was really about relationships with people, relationships with members and donors and volunteers, and communicating the wise mission to other people. And toward the end of my time at the YMCA, I started getting kind of antsy um, because my personality, I'm the type of person that loves to start things. I have huge ideas. I'm a visionary and thinking about the next big thing. But the follow through is some is not where I'm as skilled. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love your honesty. Right? So it's a cool, it's cool being in my business now where I can say, oh, you can just hire people to do the follows. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really great thing to think about uh, accomplishing yeah. business. Um, I started getting kind of antsy toward the end of my time at the YMCA. And I started a business making a handmade product. I made a room and linen spray using essential oils. And I was just selling it at trunk fairs, selling it to my friends. My dad loved it. Like every day he was like, do you have some more of that spray? Can I get some more of that spray? He was like my favorite customer. Um, But spoiler alert, you can't really build a business with your dad. (laughs) You're like best customer. Um, But he loved it. Um, But I started sharing about it on Instagram. And I built these relationships with influencers and bloggers and uh, home decor folks on the platform. This was... Oh gosh, this was like four years ago before uh, really any of the idea of like an influencer was really a thing yeah. on Instagram. I, I had all these relationships with incredible people on the platform, tens and hundreds of thousands of followers. And I introduced my handmade product and I just started messaging them and saying, hey, I made this thing. I'd love to send you some for you to try it out and just mm-hmm. let me know what you think. And they all said yes. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm onto something here, like real relationships with real people. Yeah. And they all tried it. They all loved it, thankfully. Or at least they told me. Who knows? <laughs> I know, right? (laughs) Um, And then so many of them bought it, bought it, and then they so many of them shared, like promoted it on their platform. It's like, oh, there's something here. There's something to this, like having real conversations with real people. So toward the end of my time in the YMCA, I started freelancing and managing other people's Instagram accounts, Mm -hmm. working with local businesses. Um, creating content for them, managing their accounts, growing their followings, doing all of that. And eventually I was able to leave my full-time job and do that full-time. So doing social media management. Um, And that's what I did for about a year and a half. And then I reached this kind of pivotal point in my business where I was working a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, But I didn't really have much to show for it in terms of like money, which was kind of this measure of whether or not this was working. And my time was pretty stretched pretty thin. And while all this was happening, I was working a ton, managing accounts, coaching people, writing social media strategy. My dad got sick and um, he had this like weird thing happen with his back and we found out it was something much larger than that. And he'd have like major surgery and all this went on for months and months. And then uh, at the end of June, 2016, 2017, right? We're in 2018 now. You know, like you've reached a point where you can't remember what year it is, right? (laughs) (laughs) No idea what day it is, let alone year. No idea. No idea. Hashtag entrepreneur problems. Yeah. Um, so end of June, 2017, my dad passed away very suddenly and, and thank you. And it, um, you know, it like changed, it changed everything in my life and my business. And I had this like a wake up call in my business that, um, I was not running a business that was the kind of business I wanted to run. It was Mm -hmm. taking up too much of my life and I wanted more freedom. I wanted more space. I wanted more time. So this is like a very like short and sweet story. gets very long and drawn out. So I apologize for for like the length of the story. This is the short version. Um, And uh, what ended up happening at the end of 2017 is I actually did that big scary thing that so many times so many of us want to do, but we never do. And that is that I fired all of my clients. I stopped taking on the work that was draining me. And I burned all those bridges in my business and started brand new with a brand new product, which is an online membership community, which is what I do now. We educate entrepreneurs on how to market online using Instagram. 
And that was a little over a year ago. And everything has changed in my life and my business. And I, I use what I learned in business by design um, and how to create a leveraged offer, how to uh, get an alignment with my offer, how to get that offer out to the world, to my audience, how to launch, and then have gone on from there. So it's really, inc- I, I, I love sharing my story because I think there are a few key things that are really valuable for people. I think the first thing is the realization that um, it's okay to, to, be really good at certain things, right? Like it's okay to be really good at starting things and having ideas, Mm -hmm. but struggle with the follow through. And it's also okay to be really incredible at following through and getting things done, but have having trouble with coming up with ideas or solutions to problems. Like both of those things are totally okay. Um, And it's okay to build a business uh, with those in mind as well. Um, It's also okay to stop doing shit that you don't want to do anymore <laughs> like yeah. it's okay to do that then <laughs> yeah. you should do that yeah. um I it's think, okay yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I think it's so interesting because actually uh, one thing that strikes you when you start your own business is you've got to do all these things that you never knew how to do and the thing yeah. that you know how to do and that you're good at is only a part of what you do every day so like you said there's all these other things and I'm a little bit like you in the sense that I I love coming up with ideas but if I'm always the hold up like I'm the one who takes forever to do them so I don't finish as well as I should (laughs) I think sometimes we think to ourselves we've got to be brilliant at this but actually why why do we need Mm -hmm. to be brilliant at it but I love I love your story I love the fact that um you a you started your life working which actually is interesting because when I hear so many other entrepreneurs stories they're always a case of yeah, I, I did it from a child. I remember trying to start my own business and I never did. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I literally started four or five years ago. So it was interesting to go from A, that transition, and then to literally fire all your clients. I can't tell you, <laughs> you know, obviously I love my clients, but I can't tell you how that must have, like, how must that have felt? That must have been crazy good, but mm-hmm. terrifying at the same time. So terrifying. <laughs> so terrifying, but like so necessary. You know, I... Um, one thing I realized about myself is I, when I left my nonprofit job and went to work for myself full time, I did all the things that you're supposed to do, right? Like I saved money. We paid, we had paid off all of our credit cards. We had like all the space. We were, we were able to pay our bills for six months of like, I didn't get a single client. We would be totally fine. Yeah. And, uh, which is smart, right? Like you should do those things. What I found for myself is that it made me very lazy Mm. and that I, I had too much, um, of a cushion, right? Like I didn't have enough of that, that like pain or anxiety to like do the dang thing. So when it was time to to transition to my business, I was like, I'm not going to do that same thing again, because what I, I knew myself and what I would do is I would just drag this out and keep making it easy for me yeah. and then never give my full attention to the thing that needed my full attention. So I was like, okay, I'm, uh, this is happening. And yeah. Uh, we, this is also at the same time we moved to Chicago at the same time from North Carolina, like all the things are happening. And I'll be honest. I mean, we got here, we paid our first month's rent and we were broke. Like we were out of money. Um, and I didn't know what we were going to do next. And fortunately we launched this thing that's worked really well since then. But for me, like I needed that pressure to actually see the results that I ended up getting. Yeah. And that's so funny because I, I totally agree with you. I started my business. I had no savings. My husband had just left me. I'd got a daughter to look after and a house to keep paying. And 
I literally had one month's salary. That was it. And like you said, you don't have a choice. You've got to do it. Whereas I would be the same. And I'm almost the new part of my business that I'm trying to transition transition into is actually going slower because of the fact I've still got money coming in from clients and I have Mm -hmm. a business. And like you said, that pain isn't there, that kind of fear or panic or, oh my God, I've got to do this. And sometimes I think you need that to actually get your backside moving, don't you? Because otherwise we'll just be like, oh, we're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not everyone needs that, but Teresa and I need that. (laughs) (laughs) We want to start stuff and not finish it. And we (laughs) need to not know where our next meal is coming from so we can actually do the work. Basically, put ourselves in sheer panic all the time, and our business will be amazing. Yeah, just maybe, see what we can create. Maybe I should take a leaf out your book. I should just fire all my clients tomorrow. <laughs> my husband would have a heart attack. <laughs> and also, I remember you uh, saying when when I read your or oh, you read your story to me because I like to listen to things. Um, yeah. When you talked about your story, one thing that really hit home for me actually about the whole working so hard and at the point where your dad was in hospital and at this point you didn't know it was going to end the way it did did you he was getting no. better yeah and um you were in hospital and I remember you saying that you were sat there working and he was like that's fine you've got work to do that's that's okay you carry on but I just think back to all those times where you know my husband and I have just been in Laguna Beach and, you know, I was at the conference and then I spent Saturday working on my laptop in a bar. So it's not the worst place in the world to be, but I'm still doing work. And yeah. then my daughter will come home and mummy, uh, terrible mum girl, where I take her up to bed and she's like, will you stay with me for a bit? And it's like, I will, but I've got to go downstairs and I've got to finish that thing. And yeah. I, I totally, when you said that, I just thought, oh, wow. Like, that for me was not a surprise that you went, I can't carry on like this. I can't keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that was the last time that I spent time with my dad mm. and I was, I was like on my laptop the whole time sitting in, in this hospital room um, after he had had this major spinal cord surgery. And, and of course he was, he was like, that's fine. Like he, he loved, he loved the fact that I was an entrepreneur. Like he loved the fact that I had my own business. Every time I did a launch or anything, like he wanted to know all the details because he was so excited for me. It was all, even when my business transitioned, I wasn't taking clients as much anymore. He was always sending me like, I talked to a random delivery guy that sells this thing at work today and they need help on Facebook, <laughs> like connecting me with people. I'm like, I don't do that, but okay, cool. Thank you. Dad. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was the last time I got to spend with him in, yeah. in person, and I was I was working, and yeah. and yeah, that's not the kind of life I want. Yeah, you know, you yeah. couldn't have known, could you? And but like you said, it just kind of makes you go, oh man, do I do I want to feel that I'm pinned down to this? And yeah. again, we were just saying before the call that one of the things that James Wedmore talks about all the time is. Uh, the less you work, basically, the more you earn, which mm-hmm. is not a concept that I'm sure most of the <laughs> listeners to this podcast are familiar with, because it's drummed into us as children or from our parents or from the world that, you know, if you want to earn money, you work really hard. So mm-hmm. how amazing to get that revelation of actually, this is the best year you've you know, I think you've ever had this year, isn't it? Or going to be the best you've ever had. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, financially in the business, yes. It's like, uh, it's a game changer. Yeah. And actually, considering what you did before to what you do now, it must just feel like a dream. 
It does. And you know, I, something else that I think a lot about too, and I share with folks is, I mean, the money's incredible, right? Having a leveraged offer, like a course or membership group coaching, like uh, the ability to, to bring in revenue and income just increases exponentially. But for me too, it's the realization that my impact has increased so much as well. You know, before when I was doing social media management and, and doing coaching, like I could work with maybe 20 clients at a time. That was being like very generous and with them and not very generous with myself. But, um, you know, now in less than a year, we've impacted over a thousand lives through our membership community and dozens of countries around the world. Whereas before it was like a few local businesses running their Instagram account, a few folks coaching them on zoom calls. But, uh, just the fact that my impact can increase so exponentially as well, just makes, makes what I'm doing now so much more meaningful too. And it does. And if you're, and I think you probably are like me, teaching people, helping people, oh, that is where like, that's the bit I love more than anything. Mm-hmm. I love showing people stuff. I love teaching them stuff. I love sharing my knowledge. And yeah. to be able to do that on your level with your membership must be just a dream come true. It is. Yeah, it really is. And seeing what they achieve. Because so... What was really cool, actually, is that you started off in Instagram how many years ago then, this now? Oh, my gosh. So I've been on Instagram since the platform was created, actually. Um, But I started using it for business in 2000. That would have been 2015. And then I started managing Instagram accounts um, for others at the end of 2015 as well. So you were really quite an early adopter for this. So what yeah. was it? What was it about the platform that you just thought, yeah, I love this, or this is a great opportunity for businesses? Yeah. So it's a few of the stats that are still true today on Instagram, and that is the fact that Instagram is the most engaging platform of any platform out there. Um, and I love that. I love that fact that um, Instagram is a place where people engage and connect really freely and it can happen really easily and naturally. Whereas other platforms make it a bit more difficult. I find like, especially on Facebook because of the privacy uh, features that most people have on their accounts. It's, it's more difficult to engage and find people. Twitter is kind of all over the place. I don't know about for you in the UK, but here in the States, Twitter is kind of a, a garbage fire of just things happening. I've got to avoid that. Um, so it really just, you know, Pinterest is a search engine. It's not really a social platform. Yeah. Like Instagram always comes to the top as this place that's engaging. It's fun. It's light. It's easy. Yeah. And I loved that. Um, uh, I also love that. And this is all, this has always been true as well, that content lasts longer on Instagram. And, you know, even as all of these platforms have created and instituted different algorithms for managing content. It's still true on Instagram that your one post will last for days on Instagram, which I love that fact. Um, and now, you know, as Instagram has, as Instagram has grown uh, with the introduction of Instagram stories and Instagram live and those types of features, it just makes relationships and community building so much easier than other platforms. And, you know, the thing that we say now is that it all goes down in the DMs and it's really true that you can, I mean, we connected an Instagram direct message, right? Like you can get podcast guests, you can get customers, you can make sales using direct messages on Instagram. And that's just makes it so incredibly valuable. And I I love that about it. And yeah, and, but I think the thing that un, kind of uh, underpins all of that is the fact that it is a fun, light, yeah. easy platform where people are all about the connections and the content. That's really all that matters on Instagram. And I think when you go through the feed, it's like 
it's not like Facebook. Like I know, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. Obviously, we do Facebook for business, and and it's a great tool, really, really good tool. However, when you go through it as a person, for me, it just gets a bit like, what am I looking at? Who shared what rubbish? And I just, it's not. <laughs> but yeah. Instagram, it's so easy and nice, and and it's stuff you want to see, isn't it? You know, and I think because it's so image led, you mm-hmm. don't tend to get a load of rubbish on there. Yeah. Um, so I've been working super hard on my Instagram. I say super hard. It's on it. I find, I love it. It's my absolute favorite. I love mm-hmm. it. But I am trying to build followers. Now, I've, I've had a conversation recently with an Instagrammer, um, and an influencer. She's a, she's a proper legit influencer. And yeah. I had a conversation recently and she was basically telling me that if you want to increase followers, you've got to pay one of these companies to do this very mm. aggressive follow unfollow thing. And yeah, right. No. no. So <laughs> um, I have obviously stayed away from it because it's like, hang on, yeah. I teach, you know, social media for a living and I I can't and wouldn't morally go and do that sort of thing. But of course, it's slow going. It's, you know, it takes a while and, you know, you're trying to do all your interaction and stuff. So what kind of amazing tips have you got to suddenly get me thousands of followers tomorrow? If I could have, I could have the 10,000 so I can have swipe up, that would be amazing. I'd love to. <laughs> I'm missing out. <laughs> So there's a few, there's a few ways that I talk about Instagram follower growth. So the first thing is understanding kind of the the main reason behind the desire to grow your following. Um, And the first thing that I always tell people is that the 10, the swipe up on Instagram stories ain't that great. Okay. Like coming from someone who has it um, and who uses it, it's not super effective. And I'll tell you why Um, it's because Instagram is not, a traffic driving platform and people are on Instagram to be on Instagram and asking them to leave the platform to go somewhere else is making a huge ask of people. Mm -hmm. So instead what I like to do, what I approach Instagram, how I teach Instagram is that we try and keep all of the interactions and engagement and content within Instagram itself. Now that doesn't mean that we're not building a mailing list. That doesn't mean that we're not making sales or anything like that, because we can do all of that through direct messages. Um, But when it comes to trying to drive traffic off of Instagram, I like to avoid doing that as much as possible. Now I still do it. I totally send people out to sales pages and landing pages and content elsewhere. But if you can keep them on Instagram, you're going to get a lot further. So with that, that's kind of the first thing of like, okay, cool. That released some of that like anxiety and like, oh my gosh, I want the 10K for the slide. And I up. really need that. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so the next thing is to recognize that growing your following on Instagram takes complete clarity about who you want as a follower. Yeah. So uh, because we, sh- we want to focus on the right kind of follower, right? The quality over the quantity. Absolutely. So a lot of people are using Instagram, and I'm sure you see this, Teresa, with clients when you're onboarding them, um, who you want more followers, more likes, more page views, more whatever, subscribers. But if but a lot of times, you know, as a social media manager, you're having to reel your clients in and saying, okay, yes, we want more, but more of the right people. 
people. We want more engagement, but from the right people. So the same is true on Instagram. So having complete clarity around who that right person is Mm -hmm. that we want to attract as a follower. And then once we know what that is, so here's the thing. I love this. Like we've got to talk about how to grow your following. These are all the things you have to do before then. (laughs) So know who we want as a follower, then know what kind of content they want. Because a lot of folks are out on Instagram trying to grow their following and they're engaging and trying to get new followers, but they're attracting people back and their content is not where it needs to be to grow their following. So then focus on the, the content that they want as your followers. So how can you uh, give them value? How can you educate them or entertain them or inspire them? Whatever those kind of core objectives of your content are on Instagram. And then you have to engage more than you post. And this is where you really have to shift your time and energy and focus on Instagram from being an Instagram user and consumer to a content creator and marketer. So that means when you log on Instagram, you are sharing the content that you've created for your ideal follower. And then you're going out and you are engaging with your ideal follower people who are like your ideal follower and people who are already following you to build a stronger relationship with those people. So that looks like going onto Instagram, opening up your Instagram app. And instead of just staying in your feed and kind of scrolling through or watching Instagram stories mindlessly, which there's totally a time and place for that. Um, But if you want to grow your following, that means you're going to open up Instagram and immediately go to the discover tab and look in hashtags and locations and look at other accounts that are like you or that are complementary to you. And you're engaging with people that way to give them just a little wave, a little tap on the shoulder and introduce yourself to them through your engagement and attract them back to your profile. So that's how you grow your following now. So Instagram follower growth does not happen anymore with a pretty picture and a bunch of hashtags um, because People aren't mindlessly scrolling through the feed anymore or really mindlessly searching through hashtags. Instead, they're just watching Instagram stories now. So you can't really grow your following by just posting something pretty with a bunch of hashtags because you're not going to get nearly as much traffic as you as you would maybe a year or a year and a half ago. So you have to go out and find people, kind of attract them back to you and what you're doing. Yeah, and it's, that is great advice. Thank you. And the Instagram stories, because I yeah. love a story and I love watching stories. That's like mm-hmm. Me too. hours doing that, literally hours. Yeah. And um, in the Instagram stories, you can actually put hashtags, can't you? But I actually yeah. find they're not massively successful unless I'm not using the right ones. But even when I use them, sometimes occasionally it'll get picked up on the hashtag and I'll see that you know, I'm getting views off that hashtag. Um, Location seems to work better for me. Although, again, I think it depends on where you are and what location you're pinning. Because if it's too big a location, then you're struggling a bit there. And so I I find that they have been okay, but not as effective as I'd like them to. Yeah. And so what I, what I think of, when I think of hashtags and locations and Instagram stories is the, they are not, um, the objective of doing that is not for follower growth or really even account exposure. It's mainly for just contributing to that conversation in that time or in that place. So what I mean by that is that when you put a hashtag on your Instagram story or you add a location, like you said, it may or may not show up in that hashtag or location on Instagram. But here's the thing, it's, it's going to potentially get you more views, but the people aren't going to see your entire Instagram story. And what we teach our students and, and the way that we approach Instagram stories is that we tell stories in a, in a complete way and that there's a 
beginning, middle, and end. So there's complexity to the story. So they're getting something out of it. So they're not going to see the whole story. So they're, they may be a little confused about what they're seeing. Um, they're also not going to be able to easily get back to your profile to follow you or to consume more of your content. So instead, adding hashtags and locations to your stories is really just a way for you to say, hey, I just want this in this hashtag or in this location to contribute to the stories that are being shared there. But that's really all it's doing. And I see a lot of people who are talking about use hashtags, use locations, get more views. And I get that. But that's also just staying obsessed with the vanity metrics. And we know as marketers that vanity metrics mean absolutely nothing. (laughs) That if we can't tie it back to a sale, to an increase in revenue in the business, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Now for influencers, someone who's trying to grow their following to get paid brand deals, that's totally different. They can use whatever machine they want to do whatever shady stuff they want to do. But for us as business owners and marketers, like we got to focus on the real genuine connections because that's what makes all the difference. And I think, again, it's, it's so right in the fact that, and I have always said, although there is this part of me that thinks I would like more followers. um, (laughs) I'd rather have like 500 people who knew me and loved me than 5,000 that hadn't got a clue who you were. Um, But I, I don't know about you, but because I like to speak, I love speaking. And I know that one of the things they're doing is they're checking on my profiles and they're seeing sure. level your app because obviously they want to know they've got someone who is fairly well known um, in order to say, yeah, come and speak at this place or whatever. But I think I'm, I'm totally with you. It's, I want people to follow me because they want to follow me because they get good content from me or they like what I post. And I don't want, although I'd love the numbers, I, I what's the point in having that it's not going to put food on the table is it you mm-hmm. know having yeah. of instagram followers are not bringing you in money necessarily so <laughs> if they're not the right followers so yeah. tell me a bit about your content because i love looking at your content i love seeing your pictures thank you and you have lots of photos of you and your home life and was that always an intentional thing? And how do you, how do you, you know, find that? Like, cause I know there are so many people out there who don't like putting themselves on social media. And for me, I would say I've probably got better in the past six months where I've been more intentional. I've had photo shoots done and I know this sounds the most vain thing in the world, but actually <laughs> if I'm going to have a photo, I want a nice photo. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to put more photos of me on there. How how do you find putting it up there? Is that something that you always wanted to do, always happy with? Or is that something you've had to kind of get, you know, to grips with and think, I've got to do that because this is what it's about? Yeah, so I my content's definitely evolved, especially in the past year or so. So I used to have more kind of diversified photography in my feed that was a mix of me, a mix of kind of inspirational quotes, and then photos of like the things that I used to do my job, laptops, notebooks, computers, those types of things, and kind of the places and spaces where I work and travel and visit. But what I've, I've recognized is the content that performs the best is when I'm in the photo. Yeah. And one of the things that I always encourage folks to do around the last month of the year, so I'll be doing this again in just a few months, is, uh, is encouraging folks to use one of those websites that will tell you your most engaging Instagram post of the past 12 months or like your best post of the year. And typically, it'll, it'll spit out kind of a grid of like your nine most engaging posts of the year. And more often than not, the most engaging posts of the year are going to be photos of a human being. So you, your family, your kids, um, whatever, your pets, whatever, where it is 
an actual person or experience that someone can connect to. It's not always going to be that like pretty blush and, you know, gold stock photo that you bought or the really fun witty quote that you put on a letter board. Those may perform well, but more often than not, it's going to be a picture of a real person. And I've done this for the past two years for myself and encouraged others to do it. And of course, it was always a picture of me. And it wasn't always even like a professional photo. It was, you know, one of my most engaging posts is me. My partner, Eric, took it on his iPhone. Yeah. I was sitting on the floor in our kitchen wearing like, you know, a crappy house um, t-shirt, eating like a jelly-filled donut from Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I posted that, but then I wrote about how it was like my anniversary, like my first year anniversary of being a business totally on my own and what that meant over the past year, blah, 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 blah. Um, so what I've realized is that photos of me really perform the best. So for folks who are listening, who are personal brands, solopreneurs, or who are building a business where they are kind of the point of connection for people, mm-hmm. then those photos of you are going to be the key to unlocking that connection with your audience. And yeah, I'm at the point too. I just had my first ever brand photo shoot. We brought a photographer in for two days and she photographed me and my partner. I was at home, I was at the coffee, at the coffee shop, walking the neighborhood, headshots, everything. Yeah. So I could get a ton of content. We'll be doing that again in the spring as well. But um, it's just kind of a part of, it's like a funny thing being a business owner. I never thought I would be having like glamour shoots, but <laughs> it's part of it now, right? <laughs> what we do it is hilarious and like I joke with people like oh I love a photo shoot and I'm like I kind of I'm half joking but like you said it's one of those things I I've got some photos on my Instagram that were taken on phones and they're okay but I just knew I didn't have enough content so Mm -hmm. when I went out to the states actually and if you're ever looking there's an amazing guy called um uh Tim King I said his name right so it just jumped out of my head then I thought I can't put his name right anyway <laughs> and tell him um and he did some photos for me in San Diego and he also did Rick Mulready's awesome so, and his are really good so I when I go out to the states I um I have photos taken with him and he's really really good but as you said the funny thing is I haven't got any photos of me a in the UK um <laughs> Or B in winter. So it is Tim. Oh, yeah. I've just remembered it's definitely Tim King. I know two people with similar names. I just had to talk about um, Yeah, so I have all my ones are done in uh, Laguna Beach, lovely, and San Diego, also lovely. But of course, both really warm places, lovely light colors. So now we're coming into autumn here, and I've just literally come back and it's freezing here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to get some more UK based shots and some more kind of wintry warmer colors and things and like I said it feels completely ridiculous however I I I do get why it's important are mm-hmm. you um were you always happy putting yourself out there because like I said there's so many people who aren't who yeah. don't want to be seen but was that something that you're like yeah cool and again I was talking to Rick about it and he was a bit like no not for me um <laughs> had to get over that and just get on with it yeah it's definitely something I had to work on I mean I like um I, I grew up in the South here in the U S and I was like always like the chubby uh, feminine gay kid. And that is, doesn't pair well with growing up in the Bible belt. <laughs> so I never really like fit in. Um, and so, yeah, when, and when it came time to like do this business thing and it was like, Oh, I need to put myself out there. Like the last thing I wanted to do was like kind of 
do this vulnerability thing of like, look at me and like my body and how I act and how I move and all these things. Yeah, it definitely took, it definitely took uh, some practice to get used to it. But, um, you know, I kind of approached it in two ways. The first, the first way is that like, this does get results. You know, that's the first realization. The second realization is that at the end of the day, like it's not really about me. Like they're photos of me. It's my story, my information, but it's not really about me. Instead, it's about my followers. Yeah. It's about how I can entertain them or how I can inspire them to uh, live a more blended life with their business or how I can motivate them to show up online or how I can educate them about the best practices on Instagram. So when I remember that, that it's not really about me. And when I remember that this type of content really does work, I'm like, okay, Tyler, get out of your own head, get out of your own way and just do the dang thing, right? Like we can do hard things. We've done hard things our entire life. Um, and if this is a hard thing for you, like you just got to work through it. You just got to do it. Um, and it's like riding a bicycle, right? It gets easier and easier until you haven't done it for a decade and then you get on it again. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> ride this is ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, I think like you said, when you think of it from other people's point of view, and I remember I was, uh, it was when I met Amy actually, and we were having a coffee and she said to me that someone once said to her, what if there are people out there like you that need you to be on stage, need you yeah. to show everyone else that you can do it? And I think sometimes in our industry, especially when you look at the likes of the stunning Jasmine Starr or, you know, yeah. some others that are out there that are, well, Amy's also stunning, you know, but some of these people are so beautiful and so amazing looking and their life looks amazing. And yeah. then you get up and, well, it was so funny. Uh, my husband and I were talking about the fact of uh, someone said I need to be more vulnerable because, and I need to put some more of the not so perfect looking or, you know, maybe a bit more like, yeah, I'm just in the office doing nothing today or whatever. And um, so I woke up the other morning in the hotel room and I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, I look a mess. Like I looked <laughs> bad. Like, and he went, where's your phone? Should we Instagram it? <laughs> I was like, we Instagramming this. I can tell you for nothing. I love it. But, but yeah, I, I love the fact of it, just, it is such a hard thing to put yourself out there because I just mm-hmm. fear the minute someone says something mean, I want to like get in under a rock and stay there for the rest of my life. But, I need to, I want to do this. I want to help lots of people. So actually we do just have to kind of go, all right, we're going to, we're going to just do it, aren't we? Yeah. 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 And I love that. I love that. It just takes, you know, if I could get a really good editor that could slim me down a bit in some of the photos, that would be amazing. (laughs) And then they meet me in real life and they're like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) her skin isn't as flawless as it normally looks. Terrible. I love a good filter. Uh, so tell me about your membership then, Tyler. Tell me, uh, and again, for my listeners, if they want to know about it, what's the membership? Where can they go and find out more information about it? Yeah, so our community our community is called the Follower to Fan Society. And we kind of have three main components for our members. We have um, a framework, like a training system, uh, where we teach them all about marketing online using Instagram and what it takes to do that successfully. We have resources that we create every month to help you actually 
do that. So things like monthly content guides, hot seat calls and support from our team. And then we have a Facebook group community, which is one of the most incredible supportive groups on the planet of entrepreneurs just cheering you on, supporting you, answering your questions. So that's what our members get access to. And you can actually go to follower to fan society.com and hop on the waiting list. The doors are closed for now, but once you hop on that waiting list, we'll send you some more information and give you the chance to join us inside the community. Oh, that's so cool. And so what's coming next? Like you have just had the most phenomenal oh year. So I, how you can even think of anything else, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure you are definitely looking forward. What's next for Tyler? Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many things I want to do, but I'm practicing the, um, I'm practicing that whole idea of like focusing on one thing for now. So we're just going to keep growing the follower to fan society. Our goal in 2019 um, is to turn this course into a million dollar business. And I think we're on track to make that happen. So I'm super excited about that. Um, Yeah. So that's our focus now. And once we've, once we've conquered that, then we can look at um, more ways to help people and empower people online. But yeah, that's it for now. Just sticking with this one thing, which is like, which is very hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny objects, uh, right? Like, I know. Oh, we should do this, and we should do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I've, I've seen for myself this year. Like, if I can just stay focused, stay one track mind, uh, then yeah, it really does make it makes a huge difference, and that makes total sense. But it makes a huge difference in my business. And there's the two of you in the business. So, you, do you both work together? Yeah. So my partner and I both work in the business. So he's our director of community. Um, so he handles all of our members and customers and uh, creating an experience for them, supporting them through their their journey in our community. And then, yeah, we're actually growing our team, which is really exciting. We're hiring our first employee right now. Uh, we've kind of been doing the whole like subcontractor thing, but hiring our first employee this fall and then another employee after the first of the year. So all of that's so exciting so and exciting. terrifying, but I'm so excited yeah. to do it. Oh, that's awesome. And I love the fact that you work together. And when you think of like some of the amazing people out there, they they often have their partner involved, don't mm-hmm. they? So it's really nice that you can share that. And my my dream is to retire my husband from the forces and let yeah. him work in the business. Whether you're one who's another matter. <laughs> he might be like, I am not working with you. There is no way I'm doing that. <laughs> Actually, just go, can you not just retire me? And I'll just like yeah. the house or something. That'd be it. <laughs> but yeah, I do love that. And I love, he always comes with me whenever I go to the States, mainly because he gets a yeah. holiday out of it. Um, and he drives me because I don't drive in the States yet. Like, I think I'd be okay, but you know, it's, it's big and busy. <laughs> Everything's a little backwards, huh? Yeah, it's the wrong way. And I get <laughs> and I'm not sure where I'm going, so that wouldn't be a good idea. But yeah, it'd be great to have him part of it. And the, and I just think so lovely when there's the two of you in the same house and mm-hmm. you're working towards the same common goal. You can share your feelings and thoughts and frustrations about the business and that sort of thing. So I love that. And I love the fact that the two of you are so strong together. You know, when I see it on your Instagram and your stories, I love the fact that you share so much of that side of your life. I think mm. that's really cool as well. So thank you. Thank you. Tyler, you've been an absolute delight. I've loved having you on and you've given us some great advice on Instagram and how we're not going to get all panicked about not having millions of followers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have to remind myself I'm not an influencer. Don't get me wrong. I'd like a couple of free things now and again. 
can. <laughs> we're doing it for marketing and therefore we're going to do it properly so yeah. but thank you so much Tyler it's been an absolute pleasure oh thanks for having me wasn't that just awesome he was such a nice guy and there was so much about his story that I felt that not only I could resonate with but lots of people could resonate with and for me particularly the bit where the the awful story that his dad passed away and the last sort of time he spent with his dad, he was working. And I don't know about you, but sometimes as entrepreneurs, business owners, even I guess when I was working and I was employed, I was still the same. I worked super hard and I worked all the time. And there are times where I've missed things or not been solely fully in attention because I've been half doing something else. And they just kind of made me think, are we doing these things for the right reason? Like not everybody wants to be a millionaire. Not everybody wants to be head of an empire and that's absolutely fine. So are we remembering why we did this in the first place? So I, I really enjoyed his story. I thought it was really heartwarming and, but kind of hard hitting at the same time. He gave some great tips. I loved his thoughts on obviously that it's all about community and connections and is saying that it all goes down in the DMs. I love that because he's right. That's how I got him to come onto the podcast. I DM'd him. Now I try and be really creative when I contact people and I try and make my DMs stand out, but I still did it that way. So he's totally right about that. Loved his thoughts about building an audience and not getting hung up with this 10,000 swipe up feature that I really desperately want. Um, and that actually for him, it's not something that people naturally do. So that's great to hear about that as well for somebody who has got it. Loved his comments about and his tips about if you want more followers, you have to get clarity on who you want as a follower and who it is you're talking to. Then what does that follower want to see from you? Because you could have completely disparaging kind of parts there. You could be thinking, this is who I want as a follower. However, you could be providing content that doesn't attract those followers. So I love that advice. And then really interestingly, his advice about engaging more than you post. I thought that was great. I thought that was really interesting in terms of how you build your followers. So for me, this was a great episode. I, you know, very well, I love Instagram. I think it's a fantastic tool for marketers and for business owners. I can only see it getting better. So it was great to get an expert on who's done phenomenally well in his business. He's genuinely a nice guy. So I really enjoyed today's episode. And like I said in the intro, don't forget to let us know what you think and tag both Tyler and I in an Insta story. We would love to hear from you. Okay, that's it from me and have a great week. And I will see you on Monday for another episode of the podcast. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 